on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to The Three Questions. I'm Andy Richter, and today I am uh, lucky enough to get to talk to Shannon Woodward, the uh, nonstop actress, now now full-on gamer, right? I mean, I, yeah. Does gamer I've, come before actress now? No. Or actor? No, I'm still, like, an actor. It's just I also play games, and now I just have a Twitch channel, because what else was I doing in the pandemic? Yeah, yeah. What were you doing in the pandemic? Mostly playing video games. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you're uh, you're not from L.A. You're but you've been working in show business since you were tiny. Yeah, I moved here when I was like I was 15 um, and I, I did work when I was a kid, but we were living. I lived in Texas and South Florida Twice, both twice, because my dad uh, worked for IBM and they oh, kept okay. moving their software department around when we were I- I thought maybe you just wanted to live in the classiest places in the country. Yeah, my parents just wanted me to see the best of the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I ended up coming here from Florida, yeah. Yeah. And uh, did your whole family come? Now, tell me, how do you start? Now, you're just, there's just, you have one other sibling, right? Yeah, I have a brother. And is he older or younger? He's younger. And how do you go from being a kid in a house whose dad works at IBM to getting into movies and TV shows. Well, and why, why (laughs) it's funny. You should ask. It's, it's a pretty convoluted story. Um, when I was, so my mom was a a figure skating champion is, I mean, she, she just isn't anymore. Yeah. Um, but so when I was little, she put me into gymnastics because sports was kind of like the family business. Like that was how you, you know, special or whatever. And, um, she had bad knees and she blew her knees out really young and had to stop competing and she became a coach. So when I was like five, I basically hurt my knees learning how to do like some crazy trick on a harness. Cause you know, if you're not elite by the time you're like 12 as a gymnast, that's it. So by five, right. you're like, you're really jamming. Um, and the, they had to take me to a sports doctor and they were like, yeah, she's going to need new knees by the time she's 15, but she might make it to the Olympics by then. And I was like, what? Um, and my mom was basically like, well, I mean, that's that you have my knees. Like we got to do something else with you. And I was, she was like, what am I going to do with you now? And I was like, I want to live inside the TV. 
And she was like, that's not a thing people can do. I was like, people are so happy inside the TV. I'd like to live there where people are happy. And and so then it became like this. Now, does that distress your mother that that's your viewpoint? It should have. Wow. However, that's not necessarily in her makeup. I got you. Okay. Um, though, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I oh, just no, that was that's fine. If my a, kid said one of the if my kid said that to me, I would just die. That's a very fair. It's a, yeah. I, I, you're a good parent. Um, <laughs> and uh, so then the next the next kind of step for this fixation came like a couple years later. Or no, no, that was around the same time. We I was watching this movie, Little Man Tate. And mm-hmm. I loved that movie because it was about like a tiny genius and like his mother didn't understand him, but like Diane Weiss shows up and is like, you're special. Let me take you and make you special and take care of you. And I would watch it over and over again. And my mom was like, you know, Jodie Foster, who plays the mom that, that you don't like, also direct or like starred in this movie and like directed it. And I was like, oh, well, that's what I'll do then. Because it seemed like she was really impressed by that. She was she was like, you're going to do what? I was like, oh, I'll like direct movies and star in them. And she was like, that's very funny. Um, and I kind of never considered doing anything else, I think, because it was like in my head, that was what was impressive. That was the thing my parents thought was impossible. Um, so when I was like seven, I was doing these little children's theater plays near our house in Boca. And somebody from Nickelodeon saw me and was like, do you want a pre-audition to like audition for a pilot? And I was like, finally, someone's asking me to be on television. <laughs> and, it took so long. And my parents let me go pre-audition for it. And, and the reason was my dad was like, at some point you have to realize you're going to fail at this. I was like, I've really only been on about it for two years. <laughs> and so I auditioned and I did get, they, they let me audition and then I got the job. And then my parents told me that if I did the job, which was a television pilot, um, I would probably never get to go to another birthday party again. So I had to call the network back myself and tell them that I was not going to be doing their pilot because I'd like to go to birthday parties. I had no agent. I had nothing at the time. Right. And they were like, okay, are you sure? Um, And then they, they were like, well, if we ever called you for something that would maybe be less of a commitment, would you consider it? And I was like, sure. So then a few months later, they asked me to audition for Clarissa Explains It All. And I did that. And then I, so I was just a guest star and then local agents called me. Was that just a one, one episode? Yeah, just one. Yeah. I, I ended up doing another episode also as a different character, but um, then like local agents called me and then I had like a local agent and I would do like commercials. You mean Florida. And I, yeah. Florida. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then anytime like I'd send a tape to L.A. or something and someone would call from L.A. and, and want to fly me out, my parents said no. They were like, You're, that we see those Olsen twins and hear that their lives seem hard. Like, which this was correct. Like, they just were like, you don't want to be a kid actor. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but they let me finally come here when I was like 15. And then I didn't really go back. Wow. Um, yeah. That's the sh- that's the truncated version. of this. Well, that's really I mean. I mean, it 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 really says something to your talent, you know, that you were able to because I, I just I I lived I I I'm renting a house now, but last year I rented an apartment mm-hmm. in in Burbank, and it was like a nice new fancy building, and there were tons of people with showbiz kids. Oh yeah, in it. Oh yeah, and. They were all nice, lovely people, but I just kept feeling like it's dark. Oh, what do you you know? And I mean, to me, the thing that strikes me is especially the ones where their whole family, like some of them seemed kind of well to do 
and they could sort of all afford to take this little field trip for their yep. kids. But then there were other ones that did not seem well to do. Oh, no. And, and the parents and the child moved here to make the child a working actor. And I can't imagine the pressure. I mean, it's hard to yeah. be a dad and feel the pressure of, or a mom and feel the pressure of earning a living but for your family. But when you're a fucking kid, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I will say, like, luckily, you know, my parents definitely, like, I, I, in order for me to come out here, like, I had to use the money that I earned. Like, my dad saved my money. He invested it for me. Like, um, the, my, my parents didn't want me to do this. But at the same time, it was, like, it was hard to argue with me. I was, like, I, I never got in trouble. I basically lived my whole life trying to earn enough credit with my parents to leave them, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I did. And then a few, a couple of years later, after I moved out here, my dad ended up moving out here with my younger brother and, uh, and I lived with them for a little bit, but I, I also, I have to say, I wasn't that talented. I was precocious. Yeah. I was no Dakota Fanning. I will tell you my early work <laughs> is like, I, I remember I sent a clip of it to my agent like a year or two ago, some clip of it got put up and I sent it to her and she was like, I wouldn't have signed you. <laughs> I was like, fair. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Well, that's something. I mean, well, but it I think so funny. I think probably uh, those Fanning girls can look at their early stuff and probably feel the same way. Cause they're how much pretty te- good. How much t- technique does a kid know? I don't know. You know, I know they're pretty good, but still, it's like they had to learn to be good. I don't think they just came out of the womb like that. I mean, maybe well, they some did. kids do. I mean, yeah. it's it, but then it gets weird when they get older. I mean, listen, I call child actors haunted clothes, but <laughs> <laughs> no offense to, to them. But even I was like, you know, they're like really precocious and they're trying hard to be liked and they're working really hard and it's weird. And you're just kind of like, I feel so uncomfortable around oh. you. And sometimes it's because you're like, I feel like I want to make sure you're OK, but it's none of my business. But hey, yes. kiddo, see you on set. It's very weird. Yes, absolutely. And I have, I would have, I would have when I lived in that building and I would talk, you know, cause I also, because, uh, I had a dog and so I would, you know, I have a dog and I'd be at the dog run. So I spent a lot of time out on the dog road and chatting with people who also had dogs in the building, as opposed to with what I would have wanted to do, which is just like come and go without saying a word to anyone. Right. Um, and they would, some of the parents would ask me, like, are your kids in the business? Like, do your kids want to be in the, and I would, and I would start to tell them my standard, which is, oh, no fucking way. Yeah. No fucking way I'd let my kids do this for a living. I just, I, 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 I might as well, like, uh, you know, it's signing them up for exploitation and, and mental distress. No, thanks. And, but I'd have to kind of like, oh. Nah, it's just not for us, you know, because I yeah. feel like insulting him. Well, I mean, it's so weird because, I mean, again, like I was here so young that like, listen, a lot of the kids like I lived at the Oakwood for a month when that was a thing, you yeah. know, before I like got an actual place. Um, But a lot of those kids that were here when I a lot of them are really famous, you know, yeah. like actually a significant amount of them are successful. Yeah. And it doesn't mean we're all not weird. Um, oh, my my cat says hi. <laughs> hi, bud. That, well, when you said we're all not weird, the cat said, and I'll, I'll he's say. like, He's like, she's help me. Someone help me. 
And some of those kids, they really, you know, their parents were getting them into it. And a lot of my friends that are still working actors, like, did it because their parents wanted to make money off of them. And then later on, they were like, I mean, now I have, I didn't go to college and I get paid pretty well doing this. So I'm still doing it, you know. When you came out here at 15, did you live alone? Well, my mom came out with me uh, at first and then I was here alone for a little while, for like a month and a half. And I think it wasn't really supposed to be that long, but what happened was September 11th happened. Oh my gosh. And I was here by myself and then my mom couldn't get back. Right. And maybe it was even longer than a month and a half. I don't know. But I was living on my own there for a while. But again, like I was such a like goody two shoes little kid. Like I could drive by the, by then I was 16 and I had like an old minivan and I was yeah. like, you know, driving to rock and roll Ralph's to get food and then like to auditions. And then I was at yeah. home watching blockbuster videos. Actually that night of September 11th, I watched American history X for the first time. And it scared me so bad that I was up till dawn till the sun came up and finally fell asleep. And like 30 minutes later, my mom calls me panicking on the house phone and was like, turn on the TV. I was like, I just went to bed. (laughs) And then things got bleak from there, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a fun (laughs) day that was for you. Yeah. 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 Um, now, uh, while you were here and when you're young, like, like, do you have regrets? Like, do, do you ever get to be like 18 or 19 and think like, oh, maybe I didn't do the right thing or. I don't know. I think, I think for a lot of reasons, well, first of all, I didn't really reconsider that until I was a little older than that. And I was working a lot. I didn't start working a lot until I was like, I guess like 18. After I was 18, I started working a lot. It took me a while to kind of like figure out who I was as an actor and like, you know, settle into like being grounded and figure out how to do everything. Right. Auditioning Mm -hmm. is its own art too. Yeah. Um, and, and it wasn't until I was like getting up at like four in the morning all the time to go to work and like driving. And I was so tired that I was like, how did I end up doing this? And I really thought back all the way to, I was like, cause I was like, I don't think I ever really considered doing anything else. And then I realized like, Oh, wow. Yeah. I I never really did. Um, and I don't know that I regret it to some extent acting is, it's the only part of my life where I can't control it. Like I never plan what I'm going to do. I kind of go into like a flow state and it's good for me. Like everything else is really intellectual that I do in my life. And I have a lot of control over that. And I have a lot of intellectual control and like to some extent acting is maybe the healthiest thing when I'm actually doing it. It is like a form of artistry that like I lead with something else rather than with my head. Whereas like, you know, I've read like every medical preprint about COVID since March. I know fucking so much about COVID and like, yeah. And, and, you know, and then I'm like, maybe I should have gone to med school. Maybe I should have been a doctor. Maybe I should have, you know, I'm really good at like understanding information and teaching myself how to learn new things. And, but I don't know if I would have been, a better person for that. Yeah. There's a but lot you of still challenges can too, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. but you know, I was just in New Zealand shooting for like five weeks and it was fucking incredible. I was so happy and like working with people that I loved and like, and I, I, you know, re remind myself that I'm like, I do love my job when it's actually doing my job. There's a lot of other bullshit. I don't enjoy that much about it, but when I do it, it's really fulfilling. Yeah. So just I don't know. now going away. Cause you've, well, I mean, you've been doing this now professionally as a full-time gig for, it's like 
20 years-ish, right? Yeah, yeah, like it, it, 20 years, yeah. That's And see, that's to have 20 years of show business under your belt at your age is pretty, it's pretty wild. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, yeah. I will at, say at least I understand what it is that, like, it doesn't inform my self-worth. Like, I'm not, like... Yeah. I, I'm old enough now to realize, like, who cares and doesn't care about anything I do, and that's it's no one. I'm the only right. one who cares about myself. Yeah. Or like, you know, I'm not worried about what other people think of me. I'm like, people aren't thinking about me, and if they are, it's because they're obsessed with me. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, people are worried about themselves. Yeah, yeah, and I think well, that is something that I, I mean, you know, we've known each other for a while, but I don't know you that well. But I've always gotten that sense from you that you're not living and dying for the showbiz part. Like you have a job and it's your job. Yeah, it is. It's my job and and I like it. And like, there's some fun and mystery about it in in that sense. Like there's still a lot of smoke and mirrors. It's like working at the North pole or something, you know, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's kind of fun, but you know, you see how this sausage is made and, but it's fun when you see it all put up together and you're like, Oh wow. It looks really fancy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a job and it, yeah. it it has its ups and its downs and but it's good work when you can get it you know absolutely and you just got like you say you just got back from five weeks in New Zealand which is how much quarantining is that two weeks quarantine two weeks or, yeah two weeks and of then three weeks of work yeah basically yeah yeah and now a I'm like ridiculously envious of that right now I know because it it's lucky. like you got to fucking get on a plane. An empty plane, ride first class because of guild rules. Yeah. Fly all the way to Auckland, I'm imagining. Auckland, yeah. Yeah. And at, because I got, I worked there once on a. Oh, you did? A, yeah, I worked there once for about, I was there for like over three months. Oh, wow. Where yeah. were you in Wellington? I was in Auckland. I okay. was in Auckland and then we shot, it's a movie called Aliens in the Attic. Okay. Um, which was like kind of a kids movie with little CGI uh, CGI aliens that were attacking Earth. Uh-huh. And the, the great gimmick of the of the movie was that um, they had mind control that only worked on adults. And the kids in the movie had figured this out. They had to shoot a dart in the back of your head and then they could control you. And the kids figured this out. So they had to keep it. The adults in the dark about the presence of the aliens as they fight them all over this giant house that used to be a, a it's, I think it was originally opened as a, as a brothel. And then it was a Maori women's home for a long time. Oh my God. And now it's just this weird old house that somebody carted from Auckland and plopped it down in the country. And we shot in this beautiful old house and the people that lived in it moved into a trailer next door while we were shooting there. Oh, my God. And But the the great thing about that gimmick was all the special effects, no adults were in, in the special effects scenes. So oh, the wow. kids had to do all the work. Like this, for people that don't know, the special effects things are tedious. It takes forever. It's like- It takes in, forever. And the green screen stuff, like you have to light the green screen really specifically and like the camera moves, like- it, it it looks like it should be the easiest part, but it just like eats up your day. It's yep. like you do one establishing shot on a green screen where you like you have to like I was actually just shooting a bunch on a green screen while we were there. And it's just like, you know, it's it really it eats up your time because it's really, really tough to light it correctly so they can do everything in post. And then yeah. you end and up you there for like what you're forever. Supposed to, 
you forget what you're supposed to be feeling and what's hard. Doing and Working on green space is hard. Yeah. You have no stuff around you and you're trying to imagine it. And everybody panics because they're like, what? Uh, I don't have any props or now I don't have any stuff. And they're like, get over there. And the dragon's flying and you're, you're shocked. And you're like, yeah, oh. yeah. They're like, great. Oh, now do it oh, again. No. Now the dragon is actually over here. Like that's its tail that you just screamed at. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry. Oh, sorry. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, this movie was great because I just got to hang out in New Zealand. Amazing. I mean, which was great, but not great at, because I was there for six weeks without, six to eight, I can't remember, so six or eight weeks without my family. Yeah. Which, my, I mean, my kids were eight and three at the time, I think. So little. And it was, it was rough. It was yeah. rough on my ex-wife at the time having to do that. And, uh. One one of the cast members uh, and I, on like the second or third day, asked one of the great Kiwi ADs, like they just, oh, everybody was just so fun and so laid back and nice, and asked him like, hey, could we get some weed? Yeah. And, uh, and the AD was like, oh, sure, I'll say, yep. And she the next day she brought me and, and this other cast member what had to be like over three quarters of an ounce of weed, oh like God. basically like a coffee can full of. Oh weed. my God. And me and the other guy split it. We're like, we'll never finish this, but we you had enough time it. off. Yeah, we did. We did. We ended up, <laughs> Good for I you. ended up like just walking around Auckland high. And then I would have days off and I would just drive out into the middle of nowhere, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but I, it was, I did find, and I don't know whether it's just because I, you know, my kids were young or something. I often wondered because my I never had to do that much kind of long-term location work. Mm-hmm. And I often wondered like, what, how would I be suited for that? Because, and, and I wonder like, is it hard to have a personal life when your life is so kind of compartmentalized into it your is, own sort of little is, universe and then it goes away and it disappears. It's weird. Like to some extent it's, there, I mean, there's wonderful things about it, but like, I don't have children. I think like, that's the big thing too, is that like, it really, I think starts to take a toll on people when they have kids. And, yeah. um, and especially like if both parties work in the industry, that's really tough too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it is weird. I will say one of the weirder things too, is like even, you know, doing television shows where like, I mean, that's even in, in town, like I've been lucky enough that all of the shows I've ever been on all shot in Los Angeles, which is crazy because people are always like, Oh, I'm stuck in Vancouver or whatever. But right. Even, but even that, you know, doing like 16 hour days, like at least four days a week for 10 years for a while. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you might what as happens well is move away. Time yeah. just, you just lose time. Like, yeah. and so all of a sudden it's like, you realize you've been gone for six months, but even though you've only been up the road and you haven't seen your friends and you've lost touch with people or people have kids. And then, so between those two things, between like time going by and then like all my friends having children and like, it does start to be like, Oh, suddenly you're like, Oh, I feel like I haven't done anything except for work, but Oh yeah. Like six months went by and I haven't talked to anybody. And yeah. It, it is. It's, it's weird, but. It's now have you made, do you just kind of go like, Oh, well that's weird. Or <laughs> is there some way that you've kind of, adjusted as you've gotten older where you're trying to or is it just have you learned to just kind of well I think it's inhabit two, your life you I know? think it's two things I mean I think it's also just generally getting older your friends start to you know 
Yeah. They're not as much of a part of your life as they were when you're 25. Yeah. You, you don't know. care about it, <laughs> and I, like, And I do care about my friends. I, I miss them. But, you know, it's it's even weirder now because we can't really see each other, especially my friends that have children, you know, like yeah. they're not going to, nobody's trying to like risk their kids getting sick or like if they're going to pod, they're going to pod with their grandparents or, yeah. or whatever, which is totally fair. But so now it's, you know, I, I really miss my friends, but it's, you know, it's, it's a combination of like, it's, you're getting older and also trying to prioritize making plans. But you know, when people have kids, you're like, all right, let's plan to have dinner three weeks from now on a Saturday so you can get a sitter and like, you know, it's just, but yeah, you just do the best you can. Yeah. But I don't know how much of it is really just my job as much as it's also just time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, it's been 20 years of working this particular way. (laughs) That's true. You know, I mean, I had, you know, I, that's the one thing, or I mean, among not, not the one thing among many things that where like going back to work, for Conan when he got on the Tonight Show, I mean, a I was just ready to make television that w- that had some immediacy to it. Like, yeah. go ha- literally have an idea in the morning and put it on TV for that. Yeah, night. was something that I had grown to desperately miss out here because everybody's takes forever. Takes for fucking ever to get anything done or just to get an answer. Hey, here's yeah. the script you guys paid for. Uh, it's been two weeks. You know, that kind of thing. Um, But I I was able to kind of, you know, from 2009 until now, I've been able to be in one place, which has been, you know, there's times when I watch like a new comedy movie that has, that I know virtually everyone in it. Mm -hmm. and, And just, you know, you're, there is, you know, we're competitive. Actors are, are uh, there's not an uncompetitive actor. Sure. And I'm probably less competitive than most. But when I see that one, I'm like, why the fuck am I not in that movie? <laughs> why am I not in that shitty comedy that no yeah. one wants to see? Um, and they're like, you were unavailable. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, and you know, it's not like my agents and managers are trying to look out kind of for niche work for me. It's like, oh, he's got a job. And I got, and I have a job and I have a really nice life. But I do, there are times when I do like, I hear about you going to New Zealand and I'm like, God damn it. That was I'm like wild. Lucky. To be fair, it was like, that was like a lottery win. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause it was not a job that, I mean, it was something we were shooting here and it moved there after the pandemic. So sure. it, was, it was just like, aha, you're stuck with me. <laughs> you have to bring me to New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. We found a place in New Zealand that looks just like Pacoima. Exactly. Lucky us. This um, soundstage looks exactly like the soundstage we rented in Los Angeles. <laughs> On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Can't you tell my loves are growing? Technique-wise, when you start out, are you are, do you have acting technique that you've learned, or do you just kind of? It's funny when I was like when I when I came out here, I remember. I mean, I had taken a lot of acting classes when I was younger, and like you know, I would I would enroll in like adult acting classes so I didn't have to be with other kids because I was really like I don't want to like be in a. I was a real snoot. I was like, I don't want to get bad habits, <laughs> but um, <laughs> such a fucking annoying uh, little piece. A lot of these kids have the wrong instinct. I was just like, how embarrassing, you know, you don't yeah. want to get bad habits too early. You're just indicating Monica uh, way to anticipate Chad. Um, <laughs> no, but I remember when I came here, I, I was, uh, I guess I reading for an agent who signed me or whatever. And, I remember she was like, I have a question for you. Have you taken a lot of acting classes? I was like, yeah. She goes, what happens if you just forget all that? Like, maybe you should forget everything that you learned. And I was like, okay. And she was like, maybe try that for a while because I bet whatever you think is probably better. And I kind of like basically did that for a while. And after about a year and a half, then I started working all the time. And I think it was really just like, she was really just teaching me like, like she was like, it looks like you're hearing other people's voices in your head. And I was like, oh, that's true. And what she meant was just like, I wasn't grounded. Like that it was just like, I was trying and like the beats I was hitting were all right. They just like, didn't feel like my own. Right. Um, You know, and I kind of did that for a while. And then, you know, I, I, after I started working a lot, I, I experimented like working with different kinds of coaches, like method people. And there were certain things that I found interesting about that. And, certain tools I kind of like took, but I mean, honestly, what I do now is, is totally easy. And it's really that I can't prepare for what other good actors are going to do. Right. And that informs the scene, you know, there, I'm not the whole scene. I'm just part of it. And how I respond to the material or what's happening or how I respond to them is going to be completely unique to their performance. And it's about listening. And I have ideas about things and things that I kind of like think about or write down, like when I'm reading, like, Oh, that's an interesting thought, but I kind of throw it all away. You know, once I'm there and I'm rehearsing, I really like learn the scene with the furniture and the other actors and kind of figure out like, because they're informing what the scene's about to me then too. I mean, we can, talk about it, but that's like the director's job, you know, is to like decide what the scene is and I'll present ideas and be like, oh, there's a version of this where I could kind of go in this direction, but whatever you want. Um, yeah. So I kind of am technique-less now, but. Yeah. But in a way that it's just like, I've worked for so long that 
I kind of, it's like, I, I call it magic eye, you know, like acting is like doing magic eye where it's like, you have to totally unfocus your eyes in order to be able to focus on what you're seeing. And if you try too hard to focus, all you'll see is a big old mess. Yeah. 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 That's like that. Uh, someone that I worked with years ago in Chicago, uh, we got on the topic of religion and they were literally, and it was a white guy, but he was a Buddhist. And I was like, I was like, how does that? Cause you kind of touched on it. That whole thing about trying not to try, you yeah. know, like, like leaving yourself open, but working really hard at leaving yourself open. And I always was like, that's a conundrum to me. Like, how do it you is. work hard at just being an open vessel? And he said, he said, well, you know, the accomplishment of it isn't the point. It's the attempt. Like you might yeah. never, you might never, you never get there, but you're always making that attempt, which. Yeah. I'm never like, oh, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that like, I mean, it, for me, it's about like not letting my brain get into the part where it tries to control anything, you know? Yeah. So if I hear myself while I'm working, like, oh, that was good. I'm like, why am I thinking? I shouldn't be thinking right now. Yeah, yeah. I should be thinking just like, with the part of my brain that's like, you drop something, I'm picking it up. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. And reactiveness is like not cognitive. And yeah, I mean, once I started really being able to like, just kind of be present, then, you know, then everything got easy. Then everything was a flex. And I was like, oh, I can cry for 10 hours now. <laughs> I look cool. <laughs> you know, like, and people are like, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, the same muscle that people use to like masturbate. We're just doing it with crying and emotion. It's the same fucking thing. You know, you can really take yourself somewhere. Right. Right. But you can only do one on the bus. Um, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Crying. Um, yes. You can cry on the bus. Uh, yeah. I just, I actually just, a friend of mine teaches at a film, at actually the film school, Columbia college that I went to in Chicago. And I just did a, a zoom talk with his directing class, like his kind of, Oh, cool. I don't know if it's directing one or what, but somebody was kind of asking me a little bit about my acting technique. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, I started out doing improv, which is just being on stage and thinking stuff up and being funny. I said, but then when I started getting hired, I just said the words like I thought that, that you know, this is a, this guy plays a sheriff's deputy and he's from this town and this is how he'd sound. And this is how a person saying those words. And that's all I've ever done. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, I also have watched other people and been like, oh, you know, just in terms of like, you know, like you don't have to talk so loud. You don't have right. to be so big, you know? And yeah. Eyeline's a big thing too. Like that's a yeah. big thing. You start work learning from like movie stars where like, you know, in person, it looks silly, but then you're like, oh, but it looks so good because they're like, can you put an X on the right there? And then they never move their eyes. And yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, that's why you look like you're really good. Really um, intense. Yeah. But, you know, like those are the things that like you don't teach, you learn at work. And it's yeah. why you can watch people's careers. You, know, you can watch like actors became movie stars, like kind of just like really raw at the beginning. And then later, all of a sudden they're doing the movie star thing. And you're like, because they learned about all the eyelines, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they learned where it looks good when you look and like yeah. all those little all those little secrets. <laughs> I was in a movie um and it was right as I was leaving Conan the first time I did a a movie that Richard Gere was in and we had a scene where we were hunting me and two other guys uh 
You were hunting to he was hunting you? No, 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 no. No. We were his we were his pals. We were his <laughs> hunting and golf pals. Yeah, I know, I know. It just it did sound pretty good. It would be Yeah, we were funny. hunting other guys. Yeah. And um he, Richard Gere was hunting me. Yes. <laughs> A lot of weird I, rumors about Richard. I wish. Um but we were at opposite ends of a log. We were sitting on a log and we're having a scene that's kind of like a, you know, more kind of emotional, serious, confessional kind of scene. And in the, I could not hear a word that he was saying. Like I could just kind of hear the bare mumbles of what he was doing. And I couldn't so- hear a word he was saying. And I would say to like, I can't hear him. Like to the script person or something like, and I would just wait till he was done talking. And then after a while, I just was like, all right, I'm going to wait till he's done talking. And I'm going to say my line. But then, of course, when the, the scene is, when we see the dailies, he looks like Richard Gere. You know, yeah. he's, he's Richard he's like, We got to move this log. He's saying, <laughs> yeah, he's saying it Man, exactly the way it should be. And I'm yelling, you know, like I'm at the other end of the log yelling. <laughs> Dicky gear. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm treating it like I'm sitting on a log. I'm talking to him. It's like, no, I'm not sitting on a log. I'm in a movie. Mm-hmm. Like I can't play this as if I'm talking to a guy at the other end of the log. I have to play it as if I'm, you know, anyway, that's my acting lesson. Yeah. The no, there's, there's a lot there of little go. things like that where like when it cuts together, that that's, that's the other thing too, is, you know, we were talking about, how it's like, you know, I'm never like, well, I did it. That, you know, when, especially when I was younger, I'd get like really worked up and think like, no, that wasn't it. And I didn't. And the director would be like, honestly, I, we got it. Like, it's yeah. great. And like, the idea is that like, you know, if you think you have an idea about what you want to do and you're just not quite getting there, like you're often just wrong. So yeah. it's like, once you kind of learn that you're like, all right, well, you know, if you, if you got it, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that I, that I, I just trust I from early on, like when I started getting work, the whole notion of like, am I good at this? Do I deserve to be here? Should I be making a living at this? I don't know. I can't answer that question, but the people that sign the checks can. Yeah. And when they not started, a real, none of those are real questions. Yeah. Know? When they started, when they started paying me things, I thought like, okay, I guess they're saying, you know, I belong here and I can do this. Yeah. And when the director tells me at the end of a few you know, you do four or five takes or however many takes. And he goes, okay, good. Even if I'm not feeling like, if I feel like, eh, I don't know. I don't feel like I really, if he says good or she says good. All right. Yeah. Well, I believe you. <laughs> You're yeah. paying me. I'll, you know, it's your deal. So go ahead. Um, And I, you know, it, it's, it's freeing in a way. Other people that like have all these kind of like. Well, it's a self-worth thing. Yeah, yeah. You, you got it's like having your self-worth wrapped up in fear of failure is yeah. regardless of what you do for a living. I think is what makes people really miserable. And you know, listen, I'm not saying that like I've got it all figured out. Like it's a constant struggle to like recognize those things in yourself and be like, "All right, well, that what am I angry about here? Like what am I afraid of?" Like usually anger for me is fear, you know, like yeah. and it's a way I can control fear is by getting mad. Um, yeah. I don't ever, I, I'm a strong believer of there's no room for emotionality at work. Like it's on a set. Like, it's just like you either figure it out, go talk to the proper, you know, figure it out and then go back to your job. Like mostly just because I think sets can be, they can get emotional because there's emotionality that happens at work, you know, in terms of like, that's the actual job. But like when people, I'm just saying like, I'm not 
I'm very straightforward at work. Like if I'm worried about something, I'm pretty pragmatic. I'll be like, Hey, so this is concerning me. Um, but you know, at home, like if I'm upset about something or angry or has something to do with my work, like it usually after an hour or two can unpack that it's like, okay, well, I'm afraid of this and this is scaring me because, or like, you know, if it'd be like, yeah, I got to make a tape for something. I'm like, I can't fucking do this. I'm not ready for this. What the fuck? I can't wait. Why? Is it? And it's just like, oh, I'm afraid I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then often the elation from like doing something and realizing like, oh, I can do that is it's, you know, that's part of the challenge. It's part, but the self-worth thing, getting wrapped up in those, those fears of like, did I do it? I don't know. And I mean, it was, it was, it, we didn't give me enough time or like, yeah. you know, the other actor was like a piece of shit. And it was like, they weren't in their marks and we wasted all our time over there. And it's like, I really could have done it. It's all fear, you know? Yeah. But now the industry, this industry, the showbiz industry, um, it's pretty shitty to women and you got into it young yeah. and kind of, you know, unprotected. I mean, you, you did jobs when you were a minor, but I, you know, when you were 16, were you, were your, was your mom coming to set with you or? She was at first. Yeah. For a little while. Yeah. And then, and then after that, I, uh, I took a proficiency test so I wouldn't have to do school at work. And yeah. then your parent doesn't have to be there. Right. Um, but by then I was almost 18 anyway. So it, I didn't really work that much before that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Once I was 18, then like I went away to do a movie for a while and I was on my own and like, right. But you know, I was lucky that I, I don't have any like dark stories or anything. Yeah. Nobody was weird with me. Nobody tried to be weird with me. Like, you know, I, for whatever reason, like I just was fortunate in that way that, that, didn't really happen. I mean, I've had like other kinds of wild things, but you know, in general, the big thing is just like something like 12% of speaking roles are for women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just more that like most every guy I know that was a peer of mine, they're pretty much all movie stars now that came here when I, just because of the sheer availability of, of roles. Yeah. Yeah. There are just never enough young men. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly running out. Right. It's a meat grinder for men. Well, I mean, I, but I mean, but it's still, it's like, it's hard just in terms of like, you know, the judgment that's put on you oh, and sort of for the sure. it sucks. unreal standards. And I mean, how do you kind of buoy yourself against that? Or how did you? Or didn't you? I mean, I still, I, I feel to? like I deal with it more now than before. I mean, I don't know. I think. Again, everything, you got to take everything a day at a time and a minute at a time. And like, you know, you'll go through. I mean, I thought it was funny even when I was younger. It's like, I, I, I never had like severe body dysmorphia or, you know, any kind of, I always like knew I was like a cute lady, but I wasn't like, I didn't ever think I was Megan Fox, you know? So like, I remember <laughs> one time I did go read for Transformers and like Michael Bay was there. And I remember he just didn't look up while I was reading. And I thought it was so funny. Like I truly thought it was funny, but I was also sitting next to like Victoria's Secret models right, in right, the, right. in the waiting room. And I was like, LOL, it's an honor to be nominated. It's just yeah, like, yeah. I knew that the only reason I was there is that they thought I was a good actor and that's good enough for me, man. <laughs> I was like, that's a win. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's just, you gotta be easy on yourself and it's a day at a time and, you know, not, 
I definitely was never ever going to be an actor who was like, well, we have the list of the hottest ladies in Hollywood, and at number seven is Shannon. Like that was never <laughs> the bit, you know. Yeah, but I yeah. will say, like, I'm, 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 I'm definitely in the top fifty of actresses that can say verisimilitude, believably. You know, like, <laughs> oh, you take the, you what you take your wins where you can. Right, right. I'm going to, if I ever get Megan Fox on here, I'm going to get her to try and save her similitude. Oh, by the way, she definitely can. That's so funny. We came out from uh, Florida with the same manager. We were friends when we were teenagers. She's awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> but she's also very beautiful. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> yeah. She is. Um, did you, do you ever, have you done stage work? Do you care about stage work? I really want to. I was actually, right before the shutdown, before I was filming on this show, I, I was like in New York, like trying to get a play. I, I really want to do theater. I, oh, wow. You just went out there to say like, so I was me, reading for a bunch it. of stuff. Oh my God. Trying so hard. I mean, it's really yeah. tough to crack into that circle and like, yeah, I really want to. Um, and I'd like to when, when theater is a thing again, but you know, I, I don't know if anyone will ever hire me, but I would really like to. <laughs> I would think that because, you have so many credits and have been working so long and they're always looking to cast people that people read me average yeah. people know, you know what I mean? Like I generally, the, the problem that I have right now, which is also, you know, not is, is a, also a compliment. I'm sure people would say, I mean, you know, I'll be 36 next week and like, I look 27 on yeah. stage particularly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Happy and birthday, by the way. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. But so it's like, you know, roles that I'm interested in or that I want to play, like, I just kind of don't, I, I, I'm a specific kind of human body, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I'd like to. I, have you done stage? Uh, I did, well, I mean, I, lots of, lots of improv kind of, right, you know, of lots of that kind of stage, kind of sketch, yeah. improv kind of stuff, uh, which is different than being in a play and I have been in a few plays and um, I, I, they're not for me. Really? They're just, yeah. I very don't, different. They're very different. It's a very different skill. The acting is much bigger and I don't like to act that big. You know, I just, I think it is, you know, it's it, a, it, it, it it's a different kind of big, you know. Well, but it, it's also weird because it's like you have to project, but not make the performance yeah. different in certain like ways. Like you're yelling. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like ventriloquism, but the opposite, you know. Yeah, but um, I always too when I go see plays, I'm often, um, I, 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 it, I I've said this on here. I, I like I get embarrassed. Like I get embarrassed at people emoting like that. Oh yeah, you know it what can I mean. Be, it can be dark, but when it's in, that's the thing. I used to think this, and then I started seeing a lot of theater in London. Like this was like ten years ago. Um, because I remember I, w I had a really broad opinions about theater at the time. And my boyfriend at the time was like, you're wrong. Like, I'd be like, I think theater is a dead medium. And he was like, that's embarrassing. And you can't say that. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I mean, prove me wrong. Like, I just right. like, I don't know the, the story. Like, it, it's just, it's. And then I started seeing a lot of theater in London that was incredible. And it was unlike anything I'd ever seen. And the performances were unlike anything I'd ever seen. And I was like, okay, I've never been more wrong about something in my life. And like, yeah. I really want to do that. And I still do, you know, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very different. But the performances that I've seen on stage that deeply move me, like live with me forever in ways yeah. that like films don't. That's something about true. being so close and in the same room that's like arresting. Yeah. 
Um, but it's like, you know, there's something meditative about, I mean, I've done theater just never in New York and like, but that being able to, you know, you can't, what I was saying about how I perform usually is I never know what I'm going to do. And like those things, can, but when, once you're locked into a production, once the, the, the direction is finished, like you're meant to continue to do the same thing, right? You can't make new choices. You're not, you're right. not like, I don't know, I'm going to spice it up this evening. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's not your job. So I, I think I would like to do it because it does scare me because I am like, well, I wonder what happens like, you know, six weeks, eight weeks in, like finding new things within the same performance. See, that's the part. I'm that's curious another, about it. That's another part for me, you know, especially from coming from improv right. and having such a severely crippled attention span uh, yeah. that I don't know that I could do the same thing every night and not be just feel like it was drudgery after a couple of weeks. Yeah. I, I, I think that is, that's definitely part of what interests me about it. Yeah. I, because I mean, the times that I have done plays, I've been like counting down the performances and I was like, it's really, and I was, I haven't done it since I was much younger and really interested in that because now I'm like, Oh, I wonder if like I leaned into that in a way, what I could gain from that as an yeah. actor. Like I bet, I bet I would grow a lot. Yeah. And that's, you know, exciting. I saw, I just, I'm, cause I'm just thinking, you're making me think of theater things. And I, I, there was a very formative moment for me in terms of like theater was I got to see, uh, I think Kevin Spacey was the star of The Iceman Cometh mm. on Broadway. And a mm-hmm. friend of my ex-wife's and mine was, had a smaller, smallish part in it, but we got to go. And Paul Giamatti is in it. And he has a, he has a, you know, there's like all these characters in this bar and and Paul Giamatti has a huge breakdown, like has a huge emotional sobbing, seething, snot running kind of breakdown. And when it came, it was just incredible and amazing. And then when it was over, I was like, fuck, it's Thursday. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. got to do that twice tomorrow. Yeah. You know, or twice, twice on yesterday. Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And I just was like, I don't, I don't know if like. Like if I if I could do that once, that's all I'd want to do. That I think I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to get to the point where I, you know. But then I, I guess so. I'm what I'm guess I'm saying is I won't do the Iceman cometh. Yeah, so that's any, totally fair. Or Paul Giamatti can play that role. Right. Let Paul Giamatti. <laughs> you can play be, a different one. Yeah. I yeah. Oh, who knows? Who <laughs> I knows how stressed out you are just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, was there, when you were, when you were here, uh, did you have fear that like, you were going to be able to pull this off? Especially like, like what was, I think the, first of all, I want to ask like, what was, what was college? The question of college when it came up for you? Well, that was always kind of the thing is that like, I got a place here when I was like 16 because I wanted to go to UCLA anyway. So I figured that like, I used my money to get an apartment and I bought an apartment. Things were much cheaper then. Nice. Um, with like, see, that's so smart commercial and stuff. And yeah, my dad is financially is a savvy guy. It was like, you can't just throw your money away, renting some shitty apartment at the Oakwoods for $3,000 a month. Like that's insane. Um, and the only way I was, you know, going to be able to be here was if it wasn't going to cost my parents money. They were not into that. They were like, no, absolutely not. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm grateful they, they let me do all that, but Yeah, I think then, you know, the plan was always like, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll just go to school. And then when I got a movie when I was 18, when I was applying to schools 
I was like, well, you know, I can just keep doing this until it doesn't work out anymore. And then I could, you know, do something else if I want, you know, and now it's like, you know, now in the middle of a pandemic, I definitely was like, I picked the wrong job. I can't work from home. This is insane. <laughs> Which is how the Twitch channel came about. But yeah, yeah. But, you know, now it's I, I love acting and I was so surprised to get to work so much i mean i've been working a lot the last like two months which is just crazy people are shooting but we're shooting um and uh you know but i still have those questions like in between like when i'm trying to find a job that i like that that i could do long term like because i'm not on a show right now that like you know i always have those questions like oh shit is this it like maybe i won't work anymore maybe this is the end you know that's the thing about having a freelance gig you're like oh maybe now the time is up I heard Dustin Hoffman say that, that he feels like like everybody does and the end of every gig that, well, that's it. You know, that's like the, you know, the, um, what's that where you're not, where you're not worthy, the imposter Imposter police. Yeah. the imposter syndrome police will show up. Um, so funny. Like, I don't, I don't question myself as much as sometimes I'm just like, well, you know, like. Maybe uh, there's too many famous people and I'm too old to like for there to be room for new people now. You know, maybe I'm maybe this is it. Yeah. Um, I did. But again, like that's the self-worth thing. Like I'm not like I deserve to work. But sometimes I'm like, I don't know, might not roll double sixes again. Yeah. Hard to know. <laughs> what What was the longest stretch you ever went without working? Well, I mean, the pandemic was like from end of February till end of October. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, but other- there's, there's, there's people uh, that heard you say that as the longest. That no, that's not true. Work. I mean, I didn't work for years when I, oh, first okay. started. you know, like when I first started, like I was just grinding, I was going to like three auditions a day and like, yeah. you know, not getting jobs. Like I, there's, I mean, there's certainly also like times where I go stretches just like really thinking that I'm going to get jobs and like not getting them. And yeah, it's, but, you know, it, it depends, like, it depends on what your standards are, too. Once you start to work, then it becomes, like, well, you mean, like, jobs that I really liked? Like, how long did it, did I go, like, not getting jobs I really wanted? Like, you get really heartbroken over things like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this year in particular was definitely the one where it was super stressful, where you're like, shit, when do you think the industry emerges again? I know, I know. No, this this time is just like, I just feel like, just for me, the, the notion of making any plans just seems like hubris. Like oh, yeah. Who, who am I? Like, what do I think? I can make a plan, you know, uh, for something? I don't. It just every day I wake up and I do my chores and I go back to bed and wake yeah. up the next day and, you know. Honestly, even when I was in New Zealand where, like, frankly, people are living normally and I was yes. like, going to restaurants and going places with my co-stars, which is just, like, insane. There, the First of all, the, the like, trauma, it's, like, it was days of crying after they let me out of isolation where I just was, like, sitting by myself inside a restaurant having a glass of wine doing a crossword puzzle, sobbing. Because wow. I was like, oh, my God. Like, wow. and I was having panic attacks because I can't be inside. This is dangerous. Like, also, I did the vaccine trial. I'm vaccinated. And I was wow. so, like sobbing, being like afraid. And I was like, God, this trauma of like protecting people and wanting to protect other people has just gotten so 
But even then, even once I adapted and stopped seeing television shows and thinking like they're standing too close, they're standing too close. While I was in, in New Zealand, I started craving being at home and the lack of variables and input that it was like, I wake up, I exercise, I shower, I make some food, I walk the dogs. I, you know what I mean? Like I go sit down on my computer, I do emails, I do work, I do some streams. It's 4, 4.30, time to make sure I have things for dinner. And then we will turn on NPR, eat some weed, pour a glass of wine, cook dinner, watch TV, go to sleep. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's the the pandemic, like, kind of like cozy little nook of uh routine and i realized yeah, I was, imposed oh. Im- imposed simplicity is kind of what it, it is i know? started craving it i was like uh everybody in new zealand said why are you going home and i was like well i need to go home but also um i i have stockholm syndrome <laughs> yeah yeah i live there all my things are there yeah my routine my is there i feel yeah. safe i know exactly what's going to happen yeah yeah were you ever, uh, as a as a young professional here, did you ever get kind of caught up in any kind of crazy LA life, you know, when you were younger? I was never particularly crazy. I mean, I, went, I, I used to go to clubs when I was like 22. It was a different time. Yeah. And it was like, because nobody had camera phones. Yeah, yeah. And that's when things really changed, you know, like, but I remember you used to go out and be like, damn, Britney Spears is dancing on the table. Like, it was like that, like everything yeah, was yeah. like a fever dream. And, and that was like, honestly, just a wild time. But I was never like, I've always been a bit straight laced. I mean, listen, I'm the one who's like, I don't want to get into any bad habits, Andy. <laughs> like, <laughs> what self-important, like, piece of shit. <laughs> I was just like, so that chick in school who was like, uh, you know, I'm number one in the class, like just fuck off. <laughs> so I, I, my version of wild was just like, you know, I was hung over on a Tuesday. Oh boy. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I used to, I used to go out when I was younger and, and that those memories are crazy. Cause it's it just it really all changed after everybody had, iPhones and it was like anybody could end up in a tabloid at any point. Like yeah. club the, the club life in LA was just kind of then gone. But it was kind of like going to Disneyland of Hollywood, where like if you could get into these places, it was like super famous people just like dancing on the dance floor, and you're like, What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh I missed all that. Um you didn't miss I, much, but it is a I've weird on a, story. I mean, I was on a talk show for a million years, so I got to meet Oh yeah lots and lots of famous people but i it's what's funny is that and and people people will i don't know if they're they get annoyed with it but like i won't i don't remember like i have friends (laughs) that will ask me you know did you ever meet and it'll be like uh you know faye dunaway and i'm like "Ah, i don't know if i did or if i'm fabricating a memory or if just Faye Dunaway's there in like the picture people in my head and, and I'm imagining it, you know, but. But of course it's the same as like, you know, I'll flip through channels and see something like I did like a comedy I did like 10 years ago and not remember doing it and also not remember the joke and laugh. I'll be like, ah, <laughs> I remember that. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like that. <laughs> oh God, I have that. Well, and my you, family yeah. will be like, what? Are you laughing at your own? I'm like, to be fair, I don't remember this at all. Yeah, yeah. That's another <laughs> but I thing. Like people, her. Yeah. I like her. The cut of her jib. <laughs> <laughs> Good casting in this one. 
They did a good job. What a fantastic performance. <laughs> so likable. Um, <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I yeah, I uh I, I people don't believe that either, but I mean there's, you know, ridiculous Conan bits that are yeah. you know where I'm like in full drag or something. <laughs> and, like, no recollection. No recollection whatsoever. Yep. And people are like, how can you how can that be? And like, I don't know. Do you do you work at a pet store? Do you remember every fish? You know, I mean Yeah, well, especially you're coming up with this stuff, like you said, in the morning and then filming it at the end of the yeah. day. Like, do you remember like when you went to a craft store 10 years ago and we're yeah, like, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. make this and you bought a ton right. of shit and then you found it in a drawer later and we're like, huh, don't remember doing that. Right. Well, and half the time too, it's happening in the middle of a day where yeah. you might be arguing with somebody or something happened. You go down, you put on the cowboy outfit, you get on the fake horse, yeah, you say the lines, and then you take the cowboy outfit off, and then Ten years later, I'm there in a cowboy outfit, going like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, but what um, you remember about the day is like the thing you were dealing with your with your family on the phone. You know? Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I I wanted to ask you know, as you're going through, like, what what kind of were the turning point gigs for you? Like, when do you what where you hit something where it's like it kind of put you out there more, it pushed your career to another level. Or just where you really were happy and really loved working there? Or well, not? The first thing was uh, I, I did this show called The Riches that it was mm-hmm. on FX. And I played uh, Minnie Eddie Driver. Izzard, Eddie right? Izzard, right? Yeah. 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 And so, you know, that was one of the first shows where, like, famous people were on television. It was like that and Damages were both on FX. And, like, because before that, even, like, it was like The Sopranos was really big and that stuff. And, like, these weren't, like, people weren't used to seeing people that, like, they saw in movies come to television. And that yeah. was, like, and the show was really good. And they really uh-huh. let me do a lot. And, um, you know, that was, like, kind of what put me on the map. And then then people kind of like would read me for big movies and things like that, where they, they weren't before, before I was like, you know, testing for like sitcoms and stuff. And then like, just wasn't getting them. Um, to be fair, they used to say all the time that they were like, she's funny, but she's kind of dark for a kid. <laughs> and meaning and like my sense of humor was oh. dark. So like the, like they'd be like, I'd test for like big Fox sitcoms and like, they'd be like, I mean, it's good. It's just like to play somebody's kid. It's just like, it's like a little dark. And then like, but then I ended up on the show, The Riches, which was dark as hell. Right, right. And, um, and that kind of got me through that stretch where I was really young. And then after that, I was on this show, Raising Hope for a while. And, that, and I think I, that was the first place that I was aware of you was watching that. Yeah, the show is still, it's really popular. And it was, it, it, but it wasn't like an industry popular show. Like if I go to like, you know, an airport in Orlando, people are like, oh my God, Sabrina. And I warned people like before, like, cause a lot of my friends haven't seen Raising Hope and I'll be like, just so you know, weirdly, like, like I remember being in an airport, I was with Evan, Rachel Wood. And I, and I was like, and she was wearing like a Westworld backpack even like, and I remember I was just like, FYI, I'm big in airports out here. And like somebody like people came up to us and were like handing her the camera. They're like, will you take a picture of me? And yeah, her? And yeah, yeah. like laughing. And I'm just like, she's definitely much more famous than I am. Um, but you know, the sitcom is like, it was, it was fun. And I, you know, really learned a lot doing that. I'd never really done comedy before. And, um, I had a good time. Like it's hard, like, because I, I think I really succeed in kind of like a hybrid of like drama and comedy, Mm -hmm. um, kind of like where there's room for both to exist. And, um, I I never really felt very good about myself when I was doing Raising Hope because I always felt like I wasn't quite getting it or something, but Looking back is pretty funny. I did okay. Yeah. But 
And then, you know, Westworld was a really big validating deal to get. Like, that was a hard job to get. And um, it they was killed awesome. you too soon. Thank you. But, you Spoiler know, alert. as the only person on the show, <laughs> they had to get rid of the human. It's, it's like. <laughs> it, it, oh, that like, is kind of true, isn't it? Like, well, at some point, like, you can't have a human protagonist if the protagonists are not the humans. So. Yeah, yeah. Kind of adds up. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll bring me back one day as a, I as hope, a robot. Isn't that show over, though? No. It's I not. thought it was over. It's not. Oh. It's not over. They're wow. doing a fourth season. Wow. Are they shooting that now? Or are they, are, are they I don't know started? what they're doing. I think they're writing, but um, but I have no idea. Um, wow. But, uh, yeah, the third season was on in, like, I think it was on in April. Yeah, I saw. I've seen every – I've watched every yeah, episode. It's still going. It. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my mouth shut about the final season. Yeah, who knows? But, you know, I, I, what I did really like about being on that show, too, is that, like, everybody's doing very serious acting and that I got to go in and be like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what fun. I was going to I was going to say in that role, there's comedy in your character is, yeah. in that role. Yeah. I and especially to- with I mean, the character Jeffrey Wright's character. What's his name? Gideon or Bernard. Bartholomew? Bernard. <laughs> Did you say Gideon? Gideon, Bartholomew. <laughs> those are my guesses. I know it was Bernard, some cranky yeah. old name. Um, like he is just, you know, he's the straightest of straight men, you know, to, right. to be able to just be human next to, you know. I remember, well, a couple, of, I, I used to like do the rehearsals sometimes as like the sitcom version, especially when I, I had like a lot, I always had a lot of expository dialogue. Sure, So sure. I do it sometimes like as a bit like, in rehearsal to be like, but Bernard, what are you talking about? You know, like, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> and my, my, one of my bosses, Lisa, all the time would like, when I would do it, she would be like, I forget you do this whole other thing. I'm like, you mean jokes? She's like, I just yeah, forget yeah. that you do jokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, there was like, when we got to like the third or fourth episode, the first season, like I didn't know that Jeffrey's character was a robot. I yeah. just thought Jeffrey was making like, really strange choices, but he's such a good actor that I must be the one that's doing it wrong. So I kind of, in a rehearsal, brought myself down to his level and was like, started talking to him like this. And all of a sudden they're like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. You just like, you go staccato and Jeffrey goes legato. Okay. Like that's how they got me to continue to like, they're like, just kind of keep it up here. And I was like, are you sure? You're human. Remember. Yeah. They didn't. Well, I didn't know that he was a people. Um, yeah. Anyway, it was that was funny. Yeah, that um, that that it just I I just I mean, I love just just the whole all the just conceits of that show. Just <laughs> just because that's just everything about it. I really I was just I loved you know the initial part of it and um and also i think it's brave like nobody gives a shit about westerns anymore so it's kind of oh yeah it was awesome you know such a big fan of the first movie and like i'm such a sci-fi freak like i had such a blast on that show especially like i'd never worked on something where they had that kind of money where like the sets are really there and it's not green screen like yeah i just would show up and be like wow cool uh i guess just roll because i believe it (laughs) right right exactly i'm there (laughs) and weird desert buggies and Weird machine guns. And, and Shannon, you have all these robots and they're all yours. And all you have to do is swear a lot and just like <laughs> talk shit. And I was like, yeah. great. Sounds good to me. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to do something. I just had this idea to do this. 
um, because uh, neither you nor I will ever get to be on um, Inside the Actor's Studio. Okay. I decided I'm going to ask you uh, the Proust questionnaire, uh, by you know, which is invented by my mentor, Bernard Pivot. Uh, I think so. I don't know. Remember that? You know, I, you know, yeah, no, I do. Okay. So here they are. For people that don't know, there was a show called, because I was amazed that people don't know things. Like there was, uh, I can't, I'm not going to remember what it was, but uh, behind the actor, inside the actor studio was a show that was on one of the cable channels and uh, Jeffrey or uh, Lipton, what was his name? James Lipton. James Lipton. Um, was a teacher there, director there, and he would interview famous people in front of acting students. Yeah. And this was his, and his capper was always these 10 questions. Okay. What is your favorite word? Pants. Pants. Mm-hmm. Any reason why? It's funny, no okay. matter how you say it. What is your least favorite word? Feet. <laughs> Interesting, because pants and feet... Feet have to travel through pants for them to be useful. That's true. They're adjacent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What turns you on? Uh, duality. Nice. What turns you off? Narcissism. Mm, boy, that's a big one. I, I'm with you on that. Uh, duality, I'm not so crazy about. Sometimes it's, it's too much. Really? Well, well I don't mean like are... duplicity. I just mean like, you know, someone who's sad, but funny or I mean, yeah, everything. No, yeah. I know. Ex- I know. I know exactly what you mean, but it's but yeah, like there is like just in therapy. Sometimes it's like, can't one thing just be one thing? That's true. I do you like know. that, too. Yeah. 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 Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Hmm. Wind in the trees. That is nice. Hmm. What sound or noise do you hate? Ugh. Like fingernails on the chalkboard, but cotton being pulled apart. Oof. Yeah, yeah. They have a weird thing. And it's usually, and I don't know what it is, but it's like the sound of ice in a glass, ice cubes in a glass. You like it or you don't? Like I hate it. It, it makes hate my skin it. crawl. I okay. don't know. And I mean, on on TV, in real life, it doesn't bother me. Okay. But there's just something about it. Like if next time somebody has ice in a glass, which normally, as you know, it's fake. It's not yeah. real ice. But it's just the sound of like it click, or especially if like there's a a radio commercial like where they pour beer. Yeah, and it's the sound of like glug glug glug. ASMR, all of it. You're not makes into it. my skin crawl. Yeah, that's fair. I just can't stand that. Um, number seven. What is your favorite curse word? Shit. Shit's a good one. It's See, not. Mine, it, it's not misogynist in any way. Like it is piece of shit. You can just say you piece of shit. Yeah. And it's so, yeah, and it can be so, it's one of those great ones that can be, you know, adverb. Oh, yeah. Verb. Personal. My my old favorite, and I've had to learn to get rid of it, is is cocksucker. Because as someone pointed out to me, like, well, A, what a lovely thing to do for someone. True. And B, like it is, it does have a pejorative, you know, to it that is is homophobic. A lot of swears do. Yeah, like shit is the one like I usually I, t- I always tell my friends like somebody asked me what's a writer asked me from a writer's room that was for a show. They were like, what like kind of swear can I say that isn't like, you know, offensive? And I was like, piece of shit. They're like, yeah. but satisfying, like motherfucker. And I'm like, piece of shit. You have to have the right amount of consonants. 
right, for it right. to feel. That's why, you know, cocksucker sounds like it feels good in the mouth, which is ironic. But yeah. it's just because it's the way the word sounds. It's got good. three yeah. K sounds. Yeah, piece of shit is not harmful. <laughs> Poop has no rights. Right. I mean, it's unhygienic. But, but it has no not. rights. No rights. It's okay to keep that right free. <laughs> what po- what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Mm, I mean, I feel like I'm a, a amateur uh, epidemiologist at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to get paid to do that. <laughs> no, I'm not going <laughs> to go to med school. But I really, I really enjoy reading medical preprints now. I spend a lot of time doing it. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Wow. And you can stick with it? Yeah, well, I mean, once, yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting. Yeah, to be especially. I mean, I started doing it because like the CDC became so compromised at the beginning of all this that it was like somebody has to like be actually reading science to like tell people like you know because nobody knew how anything worked and we're all like fucking washing our Amazon packages and stuff. I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, not yeah. all these things are going to be true at once. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but now I enjoy it. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, but I, but I mean, uh, you'd have to go to med school, though. Right? I know I'm that. not going to yeah. do that. It's too time consuming and very expensive. So, is there a secondary one? Well, I mean, I'd like to be a television director. I, I want to start doing that, like yeah. full time, within the next like five years. Like, I'd like have to be acting, but no. But I'd like to do that sooner than later. I mean, I had created a show that it's dead now, but I was hoping that I could just like direct on that for the first time and mm-hmm. be kind of like a, a very easy ramp into it. But, you know, hopefully soon. That's great. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I would love to see that. Thanks. Um, let's see. Uh, what, what, provision, uh, what profession would you not like to do? Hmm. I feel like there's so many I don't want to do. We just have uh, to pick one. What's, what's one that... I would hate to be in charge of other people's money. That just, it, my own money stresses me out. Like I find it really stressful. It, it, it means so much to other people in different ways. People project on money and like people actually need money. And uh, yeah, I think that, I, that just makes my skin crawl. The idea yeah. of dealing with other people's money. So like I shouldn't be a banker or financial advisor or anything like that. It would just, the stress would kill me. Yeah. Yeah. That I can't, I would be, well, A, just no one would ever let me do it because I'm an absolute idiot about money. Yeah. I have to have someone be my daddy and tell me how much I have and how much I can spend. And yeah. Or else I just, I was never, I still have a childish relationship with cash. Yeah. Um. All right. Finally, number 10, if, hev- if heaven exists, what would you like God to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well played. <laughs> gross. Well played. Why is well, that gross? Because God, God should say something less like he can't be funny. Cliched. I don't know. <laughs> well played. Well played. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like <laughs> it makes the whole thing seem like a bit, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that <laughs> nice work, Shan. Hey, well done, kiddo. Excuse me. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you, Shannon Woodward, for uh, spending this time with me um, and doing this podcast, you know, so fresh off the boat 
the the airboat from New Zealand. I I'm I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. It was a true sure. pleasure. Oh, good. I'm glad. Uh, and do you want to tell people your Twitch streams or anything else you want them to oh. check yeah, out? See, uh, I'm in a movie that's coming out soon on streaming called Happily, which stars like Joel McHale and Carrie Bichet and Paul Shear and stuff, which I'm excited about. Um, What's it about? Uh, it's a sci-fi kind of rom-com thriller. It's pretty wild. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't really know how to pitch it, but I think the trailer's out soon. Um, okay. And um, yeah, and I'm in it the called? Last of Us. It's called Happily. Happily, okay. And then I'm in The Last of Us 2 that just came out, and you can check out my Twitch stream at Shannon is Live. Wow. Yeah. How uh, how long does it take to work? Like, what? how many days are you working on a, on, uh, the, a game like that? Oh, uh, I mean, it was four years. Um, and then... But I mean, actual in the studio. Yeah, where well, so the- we filmed it. I mean, we would do like... How many days did I do? I mean, probably like 40. Wow. Well, because there's rehearsal days too, yeah. you know? And it was over like four and a half years. Like, it was a lot. Wow. I mean, my stuff even in that, I, it must be at least three hours of performance there. And then, and then like lots of days in the sound booth after that. Sure. Same. And that was probably more like 25, 20, 20 sessions. I don't know. Um, Wow. Still, that's amazing. I mean, it was a big, it was, yeah, it was a, it was a lot. I mean, but I love, I, I love that game and I love it. So I, I was just like any, any time I'll be there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but it was, it was really fun. Well, again, thank you for being here. Thank you. And good luck. And um, I look forward to your directorial work. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, and I hope to see you soon around campus. Yes, please. All right. Cheers. And all of you out there, tune in next time for more of the three questions. Um, although now it was 13 because I asked you 10 extra. Oops. Well played. <laughs> I've got a big, big love for you. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Golitsa Hayek, and engineered by Will Beckton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been... A Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.